Well, there's an old poem out there that begins, if you think you are beaten, you are. I'm going to read that in its entirety to you to wrap up this edition of 48 Days Podcast. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, if you think you're beaten, you are. Wow, what truth there is in that. Our perspective, our thinking leads the way into success or lack thereof. So we're going to unpack that a little bit. Here's some of the questions we're going to be looking at today. Well, you know, to start off with, I've got some more options for moving to a better life. Last couple of weeks, I've shared some places you can move if, in fact, you want a better life. Wow, that precipitated even more. Got some exciting kind of options. If you really think that you want to start start over, start a new life, you never start over. I shouldn't even use that terminology. You always take with you the maturity, the experiences of what you, the wisdom of what you have at this point. So you don't go backward. But if you'd like to kind of have a clean slate, I think it's healthy to do that. For lots of us. I mean, I enjoy doing that in so many different different ways. But I got some really geographic places for you to choose, again, if you're interested in that. So we'll share that. Somebody says, it seems that I may have stumbled onto a wealth of information that could help virtually anyone who is interested in digesting it. Well, we've got some recommended next steps for John on that. How do you define Poverty. I want to look at that a little bit. You may be living in poverty, even if there's a Lexus in the driveway. It may surprise you what it really means to be in poverty. And then what should I use as my path to wealth? Well, those are some of the things that we're going to be unpacking here together. So our quotation for today comes from Jonathan Winters, who says, if your ship doesn't come in, swim out to it. Of course, Jonathan was a comedian, been gone a long time, and this is said as kind of a humorous quotation, but there's a lot of truth in that. If your ship doesn't come in, swim out to it. Now, if you think about that, I mean, if a ship really has any, golly, any majesty to it, any real depth, any size, any grandeur, it can't get real close to the shore. There has to be something to get you out there to it. I mean, if you've got, if your ship comes right to you, it's probably a little dingy, has not worth a whole lot. So yeah, imagine what that ship is. What are you going to do to get out there to it? What are you going to do when you see the opportunity to move out there and take advantage of it? All right, our resource for today, we're going to keep it simple. Join the Eagles community. It's where all the juice is happening. It's where all the activity is taking place, where people are seeing phenomenal steps forward in what they're doing, whether it's coaching, speaking, writing, real estate investments, bricks and mortar businesses. God, we've got all kinds of things going on in there. So check it out, 48dayseagles.com. Now here's some good news. Here are six cities that will pay you to move there. Now, sometimes we think these are just kind of, you know, grandiose out there, way out there in the wild. These are pretty common kind of things. There are cities that want to foster their own growth, and they're willing to provide incentives to get you to come there. So we've had some on here, you know, remote islands, a lighthouse you can go to, 
all those kind of things. Shared a bunch of those in the last couple of weeks here. But here's some more that I just uh, I just think are pretty interesting. You know, if you really need a change of scenery, or if you want to move to a less expensive town, I mean, we know there's mass exodus from places like California because people are looking for more reasonable living expenses. So if you're budget conscious, there's a a lot of places right here in the United States that will pay you to move there. Now, some of these programs, you know, we talked about last week a little place in Italy where you can get a house for $1.25, but then you have to commit to $25,000 to rehab it. Still a pretty reasonable overall venture to do that. Well, a lot of people are realizing, you know, they don't need to pay $4,000 a month for a New York City apartment or a California townhome, especially if you're going to be working from home. You know, geography may not be that important anymore, and pretty much anywhere you go is going to have Wi-Fi service. So if you're doing that kind of work, wow, all of a sudden you got the option to not have to be in a big urban area that's very expensive. So check these out. How about Tulsa, Oklahoma? You know, not a bad area. They've got a recruitment initiative aimed at attracting talented individuals. They consider themselves an art deco city. So they have a $10,000 grant to inspire you to move. The initiative asks that you live in Tulsa for one year, and then they're confident that you'll want to stay beyond that. But 10 grand to move to Tulsa, live a year, yeah, not a bad deal. The ideal candidate for this Position is going to be a digital nomad or remote worker with the flexibility to work anywhere, along with receiving $10,000 distributed over the course of a year. So you don't just get that in one chunk, and rightfully so. The program is also offering you space in a co-working center, help finding housing, and a whole lot of community building opportunities. Now, these are real opportunities. You can check these out easily. You can find them. Here's another one, Ozarks, Arkansas. Now, we know that's a beautiful, beautiful area. Wow. Has one of the best cost of living, plentiful outdoor lifestyle perks, nationally ranked arts, culture, cuisine scenes, and a per capita income that's 14% higher than the national average. So here's the deal again. The counties of Benton and Washington will offer people remote working opportunities, full-time jobs, especially top talent entrepreneurs and those in the STEM fields, you know, science, technology, and so on. $10,000, and they'll give you a mountain bike to take advantage of the well-established biking infrastructure in the Ozarks. Again, so you live in, you know, outside of the big cities, get 10000 bucks and a bicycle. Hey, how cool is that? Ozarks, Arkansas. How about Savannah, Georgia? Now, we all recognize that as being a beautiful place. They're looking to incentivize remote tech workers to move to Savannah, provided they have three years of verifiable work experience and that they secure that they secure at minimum a one year lease or purchase property. So again, you know, they, they want to know that you're committed not to just show up for a month and then split. No, but in doing so, they'll cover moving cost. Uh, $2,000 after 30 days of residency. Again, they, the cost of living there is relatively low. Certainly uh, less than other big cities like Atlanta, Miami, Los Angeles, places like that. Well, how about Topeka, Kansas? The Choose Topeka initiative will help workers looking to move to Topeka who have arrangements to work inside the city with $10,000 in moving expenses for those looking to rent 
and $15,000 for those looking to buy a home. Now think about that. Wow, if you find a house and it's $100,000 and they're going to kick in fifteen, now you're down to eighty-five. dollars I mean, that can essentially be your down payment. Live in Topeka, lower cost of living there. The incentives kick in after a year of residency, some other kind of things as well. Remote workers will need a job outside the county and will receive $5,000 in assistance to rent and $10,000 to buy a home if you're not living in the city itself. But a lot of incentives. Well, a couple more. Hamilton, Ohio. The Talent Attraction Program of Hamilton, Ohio is offering reverse scholarships to recent college grads that will help pay off student loan debt with $300 per month payment up to $10,000 total. They must demonstrate employment in the city or county, plan to move there. All right, so there you go, Hamilton, Ohio. Check it out. Pretty cool place. Get up to $10,000 of your student loan debt paid for moving there. Well, I've got a couple more here. Newton, Ohio, or Newton, Iowa, rather, Newton, Iowa, offering a slightly different kind of incentive, looking to improve the quality of the available housing inventory. Uh, they're offering cash for people looking to build a new home. So for homes valued at $180,000 or more, applicants to the grant program receive a $10,000 cash incentive and the Get to Know Newton Welcome Package worth $2,500. So there you go, ten grand toward a house to go live in Newton, Iowa. You know, there's just so many opportunities like this that uh, nobody should be complaining about being trapped or being dissatisfied with where they are. Now, we've talked down here before about the fact that geography is not the magic pill to make your life great. No, you make your life great. That's very much an inside job, so to speak, internal process. So you make your life great wherever you are. But if you really want to change the scenery, I mean, you know that Joanna and I have done that just recently. We moved. We loved Tennessee. Still do. Love the changing season, the, the rolling hills, the greenery, lots and lots of things about there. But we wanted a new adventure. So here we are down in Florida. It's a very different kind of landscaping. We're just going through the first winter, so to speak, and I'm, I'm watching the live oaks. on our property. Well, they're live oaks because they're alive all year long, but of course any tree is, even if the leaves aren't there. And these lose a lot of leaves. I was surprised at that. I thought maybe they just stay green all year. They lose a lot of leaves. Now there's a concurrent process of having new leaves come out. So it's really interesting to watch, but we're just enjoying the different kind of seasons that we're seeing down here. Well, here's another place. Alaska would like to entice you to come there. They have, they claim to be one of the most beautiful places on earth, of course. Um, the state of Alaska won't pay you to move there necessarily, but there's a state-funded financing plan which pays a dividend to workers who choose to live in the state. So you can get a couple thousand dollars a year dividend just as a reward, as an incentive to live there. Well, here, here's another, this is kind of a different thing, but I, again, this, I uh, just uh, saw this come across a lot of your feed me ideas since we kind of opened the Pandora's box on this idea of changing your geography if you don't like where you are. You can certainly do that. So here's an opportunity to live on a remote Michigan island for three weeks, and you'll get paid $3,200 to create art. So if you're an artist who's dreamed of getting 
you know, getting away on a beautiful island, get away where you can indulge yourself in all things in nature. This may be your opportunity. Now, this is a real deal. And I'm going to give you some timelines here because you got to apply before, let's see, before March 14th. So we got just a couple of weeks here. You can get your application in, but this is a real deal. This is located a few miles east of Michigan's peninsula in Lake Superior. Rabbit Island is what this is. Rabbit Island. It's 91 acres of forest, pristine paradise, and they're calling for artists to apply for this program. Three applicants will get this three-week residency scheduled to take place sometime from mid-June to mid-September of this year. So you apply, and then they're going to give you $3,200 that'll help with your travel expenses to get there, supplies that you need or whatever. You aren't going to need much once you get there, trust me. But it's a, it's a, it's an island. I mean, it's a very undeveloped native ecosystem. Bald eagles share the tree-filled landscape. You know, there's a whole lot of nesting birds, salamander, fish, of course, native lake trout, and so on, and all of that. Now, if you have to have fancy gigs to fancy uh, our surroundings, this is not going to be your kind of place. Joanne and I went to an island one time. We flew down to Belize, and then we went down um, a little farther down, then took a boat 17 miles out to an island. It was only seven acres. It was called Hatchet Key. Now, they had really, really nice uh, cabanas out there that wasn't very primitive. They had really, but we stayed there for a week. So there was no entertainment. You know, There's just, just enjoying nature, just pure nature, an island out in the middle of the, of the ocean like that. It was a spectacular experience. We loved it and would do it again, but it's not going to appeal to people if they need, you know, if you need TV and, uh, well, there we didn't even have cell phones or anything. We really took advantage of being isolated. This one in in Michigan here, you, you have Wi-Fi and phone service. There's a, a kitchen and library. There's a three-sided structure that you can stay in. So it's not completely enclosed, but it's three-sided. And then you've got tents and things that you can stay in. But it is a pretty cool opportunity. Think about if you are an artist. It could be a, your photographer or visual art or something, or you're going to create music, I mean, all those kind of things. You could be a filmmaker, a composer, choreographer, those kind of things that they would welcome your application. Again, it's Rabbit Island, and if you're interested, just check it out, Rabbit Island 2020, 2021 Residency Program. And uh, I'll put a link in the show notes as well. It costs you $20 to apply. The deadline for applying is March 14th, 2021, so you got a couple weeks to get your entry in to get that experience. I love those kind of things. I mean, those are adventures. I mean, don't live a boring life. I mean, by all means, I hope none of you listening are living what you consider to be a boring life. If you are, jazz things up. Do something. Make your life come alive. You know, the the idea of living fully alive is so, oh, it's so deep within my soul. You know, there's a of course, uh, St. Arrhenius was a second century disciple, and he said, the glory of God is man fully alive. I really take that seriously. What are you doing to live fully alive? All right, let's a uh, couple other good news things here, and then we'll go into some questions for today. Now, as you know, Alex Trebek just recently died, and he had a pretty extensive wardrobe uh, being on. He was on for, what, 38 years, I think it was. So in his 
passing, his son has decided that they're going to donate. Now, Alex Trebek had a real heart for people who were struggling getting started in the, the job search process and all that. So his son is donating his wardrobe. So they've put together his costume coordinator. They chose 14 suits, 58 dress shirts, 300 neckties, 25 polo shirts, 14 sweaters, nine sport coats, nine pairs of dress shoes, 15 belts, and so on and so forth to be donated to the Doe Funds Ready, willing and able program that provides interview outfits for those hoping to rejoin the workforce. So it's cool to see that kind of thing being done. Just a note on these. This is a recent recent um, activity, obviously, Alex, just a few weeks ago, who passed away after his 38 seasons of being the host of Jeopardy. Now, funny brings up something because last night, uh, Joanna and I were sitting here watching Wheel of Fortune, as we usually do. You know, been around a long time. And uh, she commented on Vanna's dress. And we just were both speculating, you know, Jim, I wonder, you know, Vanna must have a whole lot of dresses because of those that she wears every time a different one. And Joanne speculated, you know, has she ever worn the same dress twice? Well, because of the the Alex Trebek thing here, I did a little bit of research on that real quickly as well. And to found out what is the deal with Vanna's dresses. Well, she doesn't keep them. She, she's never worn the same dress twice. The, the show now has over 7,000 episodes, but she doesn't have 7,000 gorgeous gowns and dresses in her closet. That's not the way it works. She doesn't keep her show dresses. They have designers who compete to have her wear one of their dresses. So they have lots of them for her to choose from. Her, of course, costume designers choose them for the most part, but they know what Vanna likes. And they said that she's she's so nice, she doesn't like to say no to anybody. She doesn't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but she is conscious about what it is she's going to wear. Of course, if you've watched the show, you see the, the gorgeous gowns that she has. So she has lots of those over 7,000, but no, she wears them. You know, boom, for just the show. And when, when they do a show, they're usually filming six episodes per day. So between each one, she changes her outfit. They, they say she has her changes down to three minutes. So she does that very quickly, wears it for just the length of the show, and then puts on another one. And those go back to the designers who are given credit for those dresses on the show. That's the deal. Now, and simple promotional kind of idea. I mean, how would you like to have your name mentioned as the designer for Vanna White's dress? Even if it's just that boom, five second mention at the end of the show, people stand in line for that opportunity. So again, put your thinking cap on. What could you do to have that kind of a promotional boost to what it is that you're doing? Or you had some kind of well-known entity or celebrity who mentioned it. I mean, we see people standing in line, vying for those kind of opportunities, sending hats to Michael Jordan or whatever it happens to be. Sure, legitimate way to get uh, get a name recognition for your brand, what it is you're doing. Well, we could park there, but let me go on to some questions here. John says, I've been a member for many years. Still refer back to my Eaglepreneur binder at times for insight. God, I'm not even sure what he's referring to there. I've had so many iterations of my material over the years, he's probably got one of the old, one of the old three ring binders or perhaps even a spiral bond binder that I did initially. My initial content that came out of teaching Sunday school class was not done in a fancy book with a publisher. Believe me, people started asking for material they could take with them. I didn't have anything. So I ultimately, because of all the requests, 
went to Kinko's and just put together my rough Sunday school notes and just had it spiral bound with a hard stock cover. I mean, there was nothing fancy, no design. It was just that. And we started selling that and sales picked up pretty briskly. But uh, so there's a lot of early versions of what then ultimately became 48 Days to the Work You Love that are out there. And that's one of my primary principles too. Don't wait until it's perfect. Too many of you, I see, you know, getting ready to release your book that you've been working on for seven years, trying to get it perfect. I never did that. I always just got it out there and then let the market tell me how to improve it. So we'd keep coming back with new iterations, but they were improved simply because people helped me develop it as we went along. And I subscribe to the philosophy very much uh, promoted by Eric Rees in uh, the Lean Startup, have a minimally viable product. <laughs> That's just what it sounds like. A minimally viable product. It doesn't have to be perfect. Get it out there so people can benefit from the message, not being concerned about the perfection of how it was packaged and put together. And uh, incidentally, uh, there's also a saying that if you're not embarrassed by the first version of the product that you put out there, you waited too long which I like that as well. So anyway, John, we get back here. John says, I refer back to my Eagle Printer binder at times for insight. Recently, my focus has been shifting from the service-based businesses I built, property maintenance and real estate in a different direction. Not that I plan to cease the current work. It just seems the new work is much more helpful to the world than the current occupation. Now, I like that kind of setup. I mean, John is doing something, property maintenance, real estate, certainly nothing wrong with that, but he sees an opportunity to be more helpful, to make a bigger impact, to have more influence, to you know, somehow provide more benefit to people. Now, this is a dicey kind of thing. I mean, there are a lot of people, I mean, the guys, uh, you know, when the guys come here and mow my grass, I mean, golly, I love what they do. I value what they do. I don't want them to change that because they're looking for an opportunity to somehow have a, a bigger impact. You know, I love the fact that they've found what it is they do really well. So anyway, John is framing. He wants to add to what he's been doing in property maintenance and real estate. In the last year, John says, I've found a tremendous amount of information that I spend decades searching for and started writing it down so my children could learn from my mistakes. It seems that I may have stumbled onto a wealth of information that could help virtually anyone that is interested in digesting it. My questions range then from how do I present the information? So it will help uh, to, should I attempt to profit from the distribution and how? I'll be glad to pass on the information for your inspection. Should you be interested? And I did go check out, you know, John, you got some great things in there. I, I would caution you against using the terminology, you know, secrets, you know, to building the life you want, you know, never before, revealed information. Those kind of things have been so worn out. I think people are kind of immune to those, you know, never before told secrets. No, it's probably not never be before told secrets. It's things that you have used effectively for yourself and your ability to share that has val has validity. There's no question about that. But when, when I, as an example, when I wrote 48 days to the work you up, wow, did I have secrets that were never before in history revealed to people? Probably not. I mean, there's probably, at that time, there might have been 75 different books, really well-done books. I mean, there were books like Richard Bowles, you know, What Colors Your Parachute, time-tested material on how to find a great job, you know, how to prepare yourself, how to look inward, how to find your passion, how to start a business, all those things. There were all those things. So my material was just my unique perspective. 
you know, did it add a little bit, maybe a little bit of different twist? Yeah, I hope so. And that seems to be the case in the success we've had with that. But it certainly wasn't new, never before revealed secrets or anything like that at all. So be careful about using that terminology. I think it sets up a wall for people to, to trust the validity of what you've got. But use something creative. I mean, my goodness, look at Napoleon Hill with Think and Grow Rich. He studied for 20 years. He talked to a lot of people who had been very successful. And then he says, here's what I see in common with these people. Here's what I see that these people are doing over and over again. I've never interviewed one gentleman, one guy in all these people that I've interviewed who is not part of a mastermind. Wow, that tells us something. So he, he just presented it like that. So I would encourage you to do the same thing, John. So there's a lot of ways that you can present this. You can do a little course. So you can create a $97 course that has all these principles laid out. You can do an ebook. You can do this in 10 different ways with the same information. So it doesn't have to be just one way. You can offer a Saturday morning seminar where you go through three hours of doing this. You can do a webinar where you, you charge for that and you explain to people what this is all about. You can start a little online community with people who have common interests. Give, come up with a unique title for what it is that you have. So it's not just, you know, secrets to building the life you want, but it's something that gives you a distinct kind of identity. You are the go-to guy for X. So there's a lot of ways that you can do that, and I encourage you to go ahead and do that. You, you ask, you know, should you attempt to profit from the distribution? Yeah, that's up to you. I mean, a lot of the greats out there, masters of achievement, did a lot of giving away of their material. It wasn't like every bit of what they learned they were trying to profit from personally. I mean, I you know spent years doing free workshops and seminars in our community. I spent years you know teaching at Sunday school class. None of those were paid. You know, I spoke. My goodness, I spoke hundreds of times. Rotary Club, church events, church conferences, and all that, where I never got paid. But ultimately. With enough surge in all of that, it gave me the opportunity, of course, to put together a book. And then we have done conferences, you know, back-end seminars, online communities. You know, there are a lot of things that we do that certainly do uh, create income for that. But that was my initial, was not my initial purpose at all. And I would encourage you to start getting this information out. Get it out so you see the response of people. Don't hold it behind some kind of a paywall and people have to pay to see, to get any kind of glimpse of this. No, get it out there. And in getting it out there, you'll see the response and see if it really has that kind of momentum and value where you can then move into making that a real part of your business. But hey, congratulations on on what you're doing, the content that you have. Have fun with it. There have been many, many before you in history who have come up with their own transformative principles that they're now sharing with the world. We see people like you know Tony Robbins. I mean, Tony Robbins not much of what he's done has been really original. And he's the first one to, to say that I'm not, not dissing him at all. I love what he's doing, but you know, his, he first studied NLP neuro linguistic programming. He studied that. I mean, ages old science. He studied that became very well known in that and started teaching that. So it wasn't even his own content, but he became the voice of that. Then he went on to other, he had a lot of mentors, that he used where he gathered information and it just simply became a spokesperson for that. So you don't get caught up in having to have things that have never been revealed before things that only, you know, 
brand new information. No, you can be a spokesperson. I mean, the, the content that I have, my goodness. I mean, there's very little original in there. I do enjoy the process of reading voraciously. So I read a wide variety of books. And then in that, pull together principles that I hope I can make applicable for people in today's application. So they can see, I can use this today. I mean, that's what I do. So I don't worry about having to come up with something that nobody's ever seen before. But no, just be a a deliverer of the message that's already been out there. Part of my, wow, I mean, part of my, um, my, my unique ability is to read, think, and process the wisdom of the ages and then write content that challenges and inspires people to create a positive future by discovering and initiating their own unique greatness. Now, see how that's framed? It's to process the wisdom of the ages. That's my secret is to go back and read what's already available, what so many people, great thinkers in the past have already done and come up with and tested and researched. That's what I do. I go back and find that and then put it into words that people can understand today. So congratulations on what you're doing. Well, I got a wordy on my response there. Absolutely. Take what you've discovered, that information that you've spent decades searching for, write it down so your children can, can learn from your mistakes and then go on and leverage that in just ways. Get it out there. The main thing is, I mean, take a year and just get it out there any way that you can that's absolutely free to people. The response will tell you, does this have the potential then to become something more? All right. Hey, we got some more questions to go here. Got some more content I want to squeeze into this episode for today. But I also want to remind you, these are real life questions from people just like you. I love getting those in. I'm honored to see those come in. If you got a success story, share that with us. If you got a question, certainly be happy to unpack that together here in a way that'll hopefully help all of us grow, thrive, and prosper. But just send those in to askdan at 48days.com. Again, the email is very simple, askdan at 48days.com. I want to ask you a question because this has come up a bunch recently. When we talk about poverty, what does it really mean to be living in poverty? Now, this is kind of a rhetorical question in some way because if you live in the United States or in any of the developed countries, you know, like Germany and Norway, Sweden, England, and so on, you're not living in poverty in technically the way that we define it from a financial standpoint. I mean, the average income, the median income rather, the median income in the United States is a little over $55,000, $55,575 a year. If you are at that median income, you're in the top 0.02% income in the world. Again, I'm get that zero, I mean, 0.02%, not in the top 1%, in the top 0.2%. That's phenomenal. So we have people who think they're poor, but they have cell phones and cable TV and Mercedes in the, the garage and uh, go to the mall once a week. I mean, it, it's a different level of poverty. But if we ask people, and this has been done, so if we ask people who are living on less than $2 a day, now think about that, living on less than $2 a day, and there are a lot of people in the world who are doing that, believe me. How do you define poverty? What does it mean to be that 
desperately poor. Here are the answers. Now, this was done, um, a survey that Peter Greer, who's CEO of Hope International, did in Rwanda a couple years ago. How do you define poverty? Here are 10 things listed in the order provided. Number one, poverty is an empty heart. Number two, not knowing your abilities and strengths. Number three, not being able to make progress. Number four, isolation. Number five, no hope or belief in yourself, knowing you can't take care of your family. Number six, broken relationships. Number seven, not knowing God. Number eight, not having basic things to eat, not having money. Now, keep in mind, we're already at number eight out of 10 before anything about money was mentioned. Number nine, poverty is a consequence of not sharing. Number 10, lack of good thoughts. Now, as can be seen from that list, money was mentioned only once. I mean, if poverty is not only a material deficit, but also not knowing one's potential, not knowing abilities and strengths, as well as having an empty heart, wow. I mean, there may be people who you know right around you who are living in poverty because they have an empty heart. They don't know their abilities and strengths. They're not able to make progress. They feel isolated. They have no hope or belief in themselves. I mean, those kind of things, that defines poverty more than lack of money. And what I want to do, and this is uh, this has come up because I am teaching a one-year study through Think and Grow Rich in our 40 Days Eagles community. And this week, this month's theme is faith. And we're talking about this. I want to move people away from these indicators of poverty. Being rich does not just mean you have more money in the bank or a bigger financial portfolio, more real estate holdings, or you're a Bitcoin investor. No, it means you don't have an empty heart. You do understand your abilities and strengths. You are able to make progress. You don't feel isolated. You do have a belief in yourself. You know you can take care of your family and yourself. I mean, those are the kind of things that I want to erase. That's my thrill, my desire, my absolute passion for helping people become rich. Being rich means the lack of those very things. That's what we're working for. I mean, being rich, I mean, just the definition means plentiful or abundant. So it's not just about one's financial status. I mean, the poverty mindset is usually accompanied by hopelessness, fear, and the conviction that life offers meager options. That's what we're doing in going through Think and Grow Rich. This is not some empty kind of thing to just impress your neighbors because you got a a nicer car. No, it's about living the life of richness because you have an abundance in all areas of your life that some people don't experience. And certainly, don't let your life be defined by poverty in the way that we're talking about it here. I mean, being rich in many ways simply means not wanting more. When we have more than enough for ourselves, I mean, you can, if you have a $100,000 house, I mean, by some standards, that would seem to be pretty modest. But if that's what it takes for you to feel abundant, you enjoy that, gee, you work yourself in a position of not having a mortgage on it, what a cool thing to do. What a way to, to live in abundance. It doesn't mean, gee, no, now you qualify for a house five times that much. And the bank is you know, begging you to take out a loan because you qualify. No, that can put you into a, a feeling of poverty 
if you step into that, be careful about what you define as the criteria by which you determine you are rich. I mean, I'm rich in so many ways, and none of which I describe to people has dollar signs connected to it. Well, let me, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I hope most of you who are listening are already in the 40D Eagles community. We're having an absolute blast going through this content, but I want to stretch people's thinking in ways that they perhaps did not anticipate because so often books like that, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or Think and Grow Rich, or The Magic of Thinking Big, people immediately think, well, I'm not going to be that self-centered, that egotistical, that greedy. No, that's not what it's about at all. It's about how to live a life of abundance. And that may have very little to do with how much money is in your bank account. Those are the things that we're addressing in that. Again, check out 48dayseagles.com if you're not already part of the group. Well, Craig says, speaking of which here, he says, I love your, your e-letter and podcast. Should I join the Eagles group? Is this, are these some of the things you talk about in business? So he has a question here. Um, Craig says, I own two duplexes, side-by-side parcels, like a fourplex compound here in Tucson, Arizona. Real estate market is insanely hot here. Boy, is it everywhere. I mean, this, my goodness, it's insanely hot in so many markets around the country right now. It's makes your head spin. Anyway, uh, Craig says I can sell all for $430,000. I owe 65,000 on it. So he'd have what $350,000 clear out of that. Would it be wise to sell it, take the dollars, rent for a while till the market settles down, then buy in again? Now the implication there is that sell high, then sit for a while till the market cools down a little bit again, then get back in again. I mean, there's, there's certainly a merit in doing that, Obviously, that's speculative. None of us know exactly what the cycle is going to be. There are a lot of people who are gambling on when that's going to be, the timing of that, rightfully so. I mean, that's what you do in real estate or many other kinds of investment as well. Uh, Craig says, I live in one free and um, income. I got income of $2,250. Anyway, he goes through, you know, he's really in good position in these real estate investments. It's a great cash flowing property. I'm semi-retired work part-time, I'm debt-free, I've got $85,000 in gold and silver hard assets. Your thoughts, I feel blessed and want to be smart too. Wow, love your questions, Craig. And it's impossible for me to give you really wise advice. There's way too much to be considered here about where you are, what these properties are like, what your long-term goals are. This is just one example, and I commend you on doing what you're doing. I mean, it's awesome to be in this kind of position where you have that kind of equity and then cash. In addition to that, sounds like you've done some great things about being smart with your finances already. Your question, though, is should you join the Eagles group? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. This is exactly the kind of thing that's percolating in there in many, many ways, day after day after day. I mean, just thinking about what you're talking about here, real estate, I can think about people who are in the Eagles community who are very active, like um, Chris Niemeyer. Chris, last year, had a business that was extremely profitable that went to zero because of COVID. Travel-based business went to zero. He used the opportunity to reposition some of the real estate that he had, and he has expanded his real estate holdings dramatically. I mean, I think he went to what he, you know, the people in real estate took out, took about how many doors they have. So I think he expanded from like three to 12 doors that he has. So he's doing some interesting things like duplexes, multi, 
unit complexes like you're talking about here. So there's that. Uh, Jeff Long is involved in Eagles community. Jeff is up in the Dayton, Ohio area. There are some areas there where they're really trying to um, reestablish them, bring them back to life again. He's buying houses that are very, very low on the, on the cost spectrum. I mean, houses that are less than $100,000 and doing some light remodeling to those and then renting those in what's called Section 8 housing. So they're people who are they're getting their first opportunity to be in a home, but the government guarantees the rent payment. So he's got properties like that. He's not looking at the long-term appreciation of the property. He's looking simply at the cash flow because the cash flow is so stupendous on that. Um, Kent Julian, on the other hand, uh, you know him as our Dean of Coaching in the Eagles community. I mean, our Dean of Speaking. And Kent is buying nice single family homes and he buys them, holds on to them, keeps them rented. He puts enough down so they have a positive cash flow. And then the rent coming in more than pays a mortgage. So he's working himself into having paid for properties. The property's being paid for by the renters who are in there. So they only have a portfolio of paid for properties. And he's just moved into his ninth property and doing that. I mean, Michael McGreevy, another uh, active member in our 48 Days Eagles community. Michael is doing flips right now. He has a background in construction. So he sees a property, sees a potential to perhaps gut it, rehab it, bring it back on the market. And boom, you know, all of a sudden it's worth $80,000 more than what he's got into it just because of the work that he's done to bring it up to speed. So we got a lot of people that are doing different things in real estate like that. Um, Oh my gosh, there's another gentleman, uh, his name escapes me right here, I can't think of his name, but he has, he just sold his portfolio of 40 properties that he had. So he had leveraged till he had a big calendar, a big, you know, portfolio full of properties like that. Then he sold the whole thing as one unit and of course made a whole lot of money in doing that. With people like uh, Luke Stokes, who is got involved in Bitcoin and cryptocurrency way back when it was just kind of starting. My gosh, I mean, I'm not even going to start giving you figures about what's happened there. You know, the value has gone up so exponentially. Now it's something, no matter what it is, it's, you have to know what it is you're doing. I mean, this is, of course, a Dave Ramsey principle. Don't invest in things that you don't understand. So if it's going to be real estate, become very, very knowledgeable in it. And the guys that I mentioned here, you know, are very, very knowledgeable. They study, they know what the trends are. They know what the potential is in these. These are not things you just walk into casually, but if you study it, then there are so many paths to wealth. There's so many options for all of us. I mean, it can be pretty much anything you want. If you study to become an expert in it, that may be then your best path to wealth. So don't try to replicate what somebody else is doing. I mean, I've had a history of buying and selling cars, lots of them over the years. I enjoy that. And I have other people, wow, I want to do what you do. Well, if you spent the years that I did as a kid, you know, working on cars, changing transmissions and putting different carburetors on cars, you know, and going to the junkyard and buying a generator and fashioning a bracket to make it fit. If you understand cars like I do, then that's fine. But if you don't know how to change your own oil, don't try to do what I do with cars. Find something that you enjoy. It can be art. It can be anything that you want. But if, you, if it's something that you already enjoy and understand, that's likely to be 
your greatest path to wealth. Well, wow, I love the I love the stimulating questions that y'all again is keep those coming in to ask Dan at 48days.com. Gotta remember our quotation for today. I mean, we want to understand what do you have to do? Find your ship. And Jonathan Winter's quotation is if your ship doesn't come in, swim out to it. Let me know what you're doing to swim out to your ship. Hey, I want to end today with this poem that I said I'd be sharing with you. This this is an old one, been around a long time. It comes from Walter Wintel. And it starts off, if you think you're beaten, you are. And it just kind of ties in with a lot we've talked about today and a lot of the questions you all are submitting. You know, th- our mental mindset has so much to do with how our path to success is open or closed. It's not the economy. It's not the politicians in the White House. It's not COVID. It's your mindset. So we'll, we'll end it with this. We'll wrap up with this. Hey, thanks for being part of this growing community where we know without a shadow of a doubt we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. Here's the poem. If you think you are beaten, you are. If you think you dare not, you don't. If you like to win, but you think you can't, it's almost certain you won't. If you think you'll lose, you're lost. For out of the world we find, success begins with a fellow's will. It's all in the state of mind. If you think you are outclassed, you are. You've got to think high to rise. You've got to be sure of yourself before you can ever win a prize. Life's battles don't always go to the stronger or faster man. But soon or late, the man who wins is the man who thinks he can.